Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I don't know if you're with me on this, but uh, you know, these last couple weeks, it's felt like our world has changed completely. You know, there's um, things that happen and uh, things that go on that almost feel a little bit surreal. You get an order that here we're another 30 days in from Florida being shut down. And I know, you know, the Lord has blessed my family and, and, and myself. And But I know there's people out there that these things, um, uh, these orders and just what happens with the job market and everything, it makes, it turns things completely on their head. And so it's in times like these where we go to the Lord. This is a time when I don't just say that. I mean, this is a time where we go to the Lord and you cry to, you cry, God, defend my cause. Lord, fight my battles for me. Father, turn this around for me. Well, you don't allow yourself to get discouraged because this is where testimonies come from. When you stand up and you say, God, you hate unfruitfulness. Father, cause me to be fruitful, that I'm not spending the next 30 days in my house playing video games, but God, that you would use my life. In a time like this, there are people who sit back and watch, and there are times like this where people use this opportunity to say, God, what matters to you matters to me. When you choose to be someone who's a Matthew 6.33 person, I seek first the kingdom of God. What can I do for the kingdom of God during this time? But watch God defend you. For people who've been serving the Lord, watch the Lord defend you. Don't get discouraged. Know that help is on its way. God will send you help from the north. I say this for everyone listening. God will send you help from the south. God will send you help from the east. And God will send you help from the west. God is on your side. As we ended the last podcast this this uh, this line came out and I said stand and fight and that's what we ended up calling the podcast. I, w- I was going to call it um, the uncomfortable gospel, but really in saying that, there's really a lot more that I wanted to say about stand and fight. There's an awesome uh, story um, about David's mighty mightiest warriors. So I want to read this to you. This is coming out of Second Samuel uh, chapter twenty-three. I'm going to read from verse eight, and it says these are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was. Je- Jashobim, the Hakmonite, who is the leader of the three, the three mightiest warriors, mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of Ehoah. Once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. It seems like the Israelite army, they're good at one thing, and that's fleeing. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. The next in rank was Shammah, son of Agi from Harar. One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils or barley. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field, and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Man, there's something about that. It inspires courage. This man decided that I don't care if anyone else has fled, if everyone else has fled, this is is what I've come for. This is my time. I'm a warrior, and and warriors don't run. Warriors fight. You know, for us as believers, the Bible says in 1 Timothy and I think it's chapter 6, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Understand our life is a fight. And it's times like these where the fight shows up at your doorstep 
where there's a where there's people who are backing off. Think of it now. I mean, you look at what's happened, and you look at uh, things that have happened in the news, and you look at you know pastors being arrested for for uh, holding church services, and there's people who've chosen to fight. And I'm not saying again what it comes down to is you do what your conscience and you do what your faith allows you to do. Someone asked me today, "Will I have uh, diabetes? Should I just stop taking my medication?" And I said, "You do what your faith allows you to do." I would say, "No, you you you." You put the word of God in your heart until your heart within you says, no, my days of being a diabetic are done. And that's faith. And that's when you act on faith and you receive the power of God released. But you do what your heart tells you to do. But you see now where the fight shows up at our doorstep. And all of a sudden, people are just ready to flee the fight. People are uncomfortable putting themselves in a place of faith. But this is where... This is why there's a record of David's mightiest warriors. David had 300 men. And and even just to be counted among the 300 is awesome. But in the 300, he had the 30. They were the 30 who were the 30 mightiest of the 300. And then in the 30, there were the three who were the, who were the top 1%. They were the three strongest, most renowned fighters. One man who with his spear killed 800 people in a day. Think of that. These are people who knew. You know, it's, there's a scripture that I love that says, uh, it's Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 11. And it says, God is with me like a mighty, fearless warrior. And, and I just love that picture because the truth is when you look at a warrior, I mean, people can have a physical stature like Goliath did. People can have uh, things going for them. They can be skilled. They can be trained. I believe David's warriors were well-trained, physically fit. They had probably big people, people of stature, um, people of speed. They're things that lend to being a warrior. But that word, God is with me like a mighty fearless warrior. There's something about someone who's fearless, who who just has a determination. <laughs> I'm here to fight. I would rather die than, than run. Running is not going to be on my resume. When it says the Israelite army ran... I'm not going to be one of those people. I would rather die in this field of lentils than be the person that, that's running with the rest of the army. Because who? what am I going to say to David when I get back? You know, what am I going to say? Oh, they overwhelmed us and we ran. No, let me stand. And, and what happens is it's not just a recklessness and a death wish. It's a decision. God is on my side. I've decided if, if it was my mistake and I was stupid and I shouldn't have run, then I go to be with God. But I believe in this cause. I believe that God said in Joshua, no, nothing or no one will be able to stand against me all the days of my life. And so you fight. You fight. I don't want to leave this earth without having fought. I'm here for the fight. Faith is a fight. And so if the Bible says the just shall live by faith, there's going to be things to fight for. And so this, this fight shows up at the doorstep and you see the people who are ready physically Really, more than physically, you see the people who are spiritually ready to fight. And then you see the people who just want to back off. And you know, there's this dangerous Christianity that just says, oh, like that, that looks at kindness. And I've been preaching about this for a long time. So this isn't just something I've come up with since COVID-19's come. But, but you look at people who, it seems like the Christians, who their greatest, they look at the, the apex or the highest feature of love is kindness. Oh, you know, I just want to be kind. We just want to be kind to people. No, no, you need to preach the gospel to people. Offend people. When you preach the gospel to people, you preach the gospel to an atheist, you offend them. I'm not trying to be kind to people. 
Yes, I'm a kind person, but being kind is not my number one priority. Fulfilling the Great Commission, standing up for God is my number one priority. And the reality is, that's going to offend people. Jesus was arrested. Stephen was stoned. Paul was arrested. Peter was arrested. James was arrested. John was arrested. John the Baptist was arrested. Old Testament. Daniel was arrested. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, arrested. Joseph, arrested. You, you stand up for the things of God, you get in trouble. This is the way it goes. And so now, it's funny, but now we're like, this is a message built for the Middle East. Like, this is what they've been going through for, for a long time. But all throughout history, there's been people who've stood up for their faith. But then you have a group of people who the moment, who the moment things get a little bit interesting, and they're, oh, we just got to be kind, we got to be considerate. That is not the apex of love. Love lays down its life for another. You know, when you stand up for the gospel, I'm doing this because my conscience won't let me do anything else. I can't see it another way. There's no other way. I'm fulfilling love by obeying God. This is what love looks like. I'm laying down my life to be the proper leader. And so that's what it was with this this man, standing in a patch full of lentils, deciding, I'm here to stand and fight. And so what you have to do is take this identity that life is a fight. Life is a fight. Um, The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's things that you fight. You fight against sin. You fight against temptation. You fight against unforgiveness. You fight against bitterness. You fight against hurts and offense. You fight. Why? Because there's a prize. The fight shows up at your doorstep whether you want it to or not. You know, there's another way. There's another fight. There's a fight for your health. The devil is coming for your health. Welcome to planet Earth. The devil's coming. And so what do you do? You decide, through the word of God, I'm going to get victory in the area of my health. I'm going to come to a place of revelation, and I'm not ever going to stop. It's in the word. It's my inheritance. If I came to you and I said, hey, um, turns out you had a loved one, or if someone came to you and said, hey, that you have a loved one who passed away, you didn't really know him, but they were a great, great, great aunt, whatever, and you have an inheritance, and you say, great, what's my inheritance? And they pull out the will, the last will and testament, and it says your name, and it says, all right, you've got... Uh, $350,000 to your name. And you say, what? I've got what? Yeah, $350,000. You go down to this place, you ask for Mr. So-and-so. He's the one who's handling all the disbursements. And go talk to him. Give him your ID. That belongs to you. It's here. It's signed. This belongs to you. And they show you the letter. And they give you a copy of the letter. You go down there and you say, hey, I've come for what's mine. And they say, okay, can I see your ID? They take your ID. And they look. And they say, okay, here's yours. And they hand you $220. And you say, what? You say, no, they said $350,000. No, I'm sorry, there's been some mistake. Um, It's $220. And you say, "Uh uh-uh, I've got the document right here. It's 300, I've come, it's my money, and I want it now. I've come for what's mine. The devil will always try to keep what's legally yours. But people don't persist in going after it. Health belongs to you. Jesus purchased it for you. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, you were healed. What does that mean? Healing is mine. Oh, but you know, this is something that's genetic. I don't care. You've been born again. The first John, excuse me, John 1, 12, 11 and 12, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Your bloodline doesn't matter. Health is yours. So the only reason you don't have it is because either you haven't been taught, you haven't believed, 
or you've stopped short of it. You go after it until you have it. Why? Because it's yours. I'm telling you, if I had a signed letter saying this inheritance is mine, I, I would say, listen, sir, I don't know what letter you have. Call, call in and check again. I'm not leaving the bank until you give me what's mine. You're going to find me here. I won't leave. Why? It belongs to me. And so it's the same thing. You decide in many areas, in your faith, peace is mine. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. That means something that Jesus purchased for you is peace of mind, continual peace. Isaiah 26, 3, I will keep him at perfect peace. Another translation says continual peace, whose mind is stayed on me. You're telling me you're, you're okay to leave earth having wrestled with anxiety and stress and worry and fear your whole life? No, fear not. That belongs to you. So I stand and I fight. I take the word of God. Bless God. I may not be where I want to be today, but I'm not where I was yesterday and I'm moving forward. This is mine. I take it by my faith. I'm going to search this out until it's mine. But what comes is words of doubt come. You know, in Numbers 13, and I think I covered this in another podcast, but Numbers 13, they sent the spies into the land to look at the land and say, God said, to, to, God said send in the spies to search out the land that I have given to you. And they send in, 40, they send in the spies, 12 spies. They come back 40 days later with the big grapes and pomegranates and all that. And they say, oh, the, you know, this enemy's here, this enemy's here. They're too big for us, giants, so, 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 so forth, so forth. And then Caleb, it says he stills the people. He gets up, guys, hey, everyone, quiet. We are more than able to go in and take them right now. And then the other people said, no, we can't. They're too strong for us. And they believed the evil report and they didn't enter in. So there's always going to be that person. Always. Listen to me. Listen to me. For as long as you're alive, there's going to be someone who says, no, you can't be in perfect health. Yeah, that's not really realistic to live without stress. Yeah, science shows that you can't live without stress. It's actually a natural thing. I don't know. The, do you believe what science is showing? They just haven't met someone like me. I'm full of the Holy Ghost and not full of fear and not full of anxiety. The Bible says it, so it's final. And I'm coming after it. Well, you know, I've just got this pain. I'm coming after pain-free living. I refuse to have it. Every day, this is my mission. I'm going after. I'm standing. I'm in my lentil patch. I'm standing and I'm fighting. And I'm fighting until I push him back. Because the one thing is the devil doesn't have patience. He doesn't. He's going to fight and then you resist him. No, this is mine in Jesus' name. And you resist him until he goes. You choose to stand and fight. How else do you fight? You fight for your lost loved ones. You call them in. I command you to come in in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. You said you're forever married to the backslider. I call in my lost loved ones. How else? In prayer. You fight in prayer. Fight for your nation. Fight for your children. If you have children, pray for your children. Find scriptures on where God says that you'll have and pray fervently. You fight. You know, this is a fervent thing. You'll get more done in one month with your heart fully engaged than you will in 10 years. Uh, you know, God, I'm just asking you. You pray like that. If I hear someone pray like that, if they say the word just when they pray, no, nah, we're done. I'm not even, I'm, you don't, you ain't getting through. Lord, I just wanted to come and ask you. No, uh-uh. Father, Father, move on my behalf. I'm, God, do something for me. Father, I see what's going on. You, 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 you go after, you stand and fight. You stand and fight. 
Are you willing to be to 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 fight for someone's health? You lay in laying on of hands. I remember a time my mom called me and I'd been I'd been read I'd been reading on healing and really just diving into healing. And Pastor Rodney said something to me, or he has said something in a service. I take it always personally. But he said, you know, there was a time where people would be willing to pray through. Nowadays, people just want a quick answers. They pray for five minutes and they're done. He said, you used to intercede and you'd intercede until you, you'd pray until you got joy, until you pray, you, we called it praying through. You stuck with people. You'd go pray with people and you'd spend hours and you'd just pray until you prayed through. And I thought, man, I, I don't know if I've prayed through before. Like that. I just want quick things. And I had to be honest with myself. A couple days later, I, I was in the, I was up in the morning and I was praying and I felt to call my mom and I called her. And she said, oh, I'm not feeling well. I've got this fever. I'm feeling dizzy. And she's like, it's bad. And I said, let me pray. And I took authority over this thing. And I'm on the phone. It's like seven in the morning. And I just started going after it, rebuking this thing, praying in tongues, back and forth between praying in tongues and then rebuking this thing, cursing it, commanding it to go. And I, and, I, and I just decided, I was on the phone, and I decided, I'm not getting off the phone until she's healed. No, I know, I know who I am. I know who lives on the inside of me. It's not about me being somebody special. It's that the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost on the inside of Jesus is living inside me. I re- this is my mom. I refuse to let this thing stay in her body. And I just, this, I, I'll be here till midnight tonight. I'm not hanging up until she's healed. And I went, and, 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 and I don't know how, it seemed, I don't know how, and after like an hour, I looked at the time, an hour had gone by, and I'm still going for it. And I said, Mom, she said, uh, uh, yeah. I said, what happened? She's like, I fell asleep. I said, what happened? She said, <laughs> she said, the fever's broke. She said, I just need to sleep, I need to rest, but the fever's broken. And the fever broke. And within, she, and she woke up from her sleep, and, and her body stuck, she still felt slow, but the fever that she had was broken. Why? I, I was standing to fight. I, I'm not moving. I know who the devil is and I know who I am. And I've decided I'm going to win because Jesus lives on the inside of me. And I, and I was honest, honest to the Lord. God is my witness. I would have been on that phone for five hours. <laughs> I'm not getting off the phone. We're, I'm winning this one. This fever has to listen to me. It's, it's not allowed to stay. You stand and fight. There will come up. Please hear me. There's going to come opportunities for you. Don't wait until the fight reaches your doorstep to try to figure out what your weapons are. Find your weapons now. Become a person of prayer now. I know it stretches you. I know it's not comfortable. I know you look and you see another other Christians and even preachers who don't pray. But don't be that person. Be that person that when God looks for someone to pray through. He knows he can find you. God, you can use me. I don't, I'm not alive for any other purpose. I'm not here trying to enjoy my life. I'm here to stand and fight. God, use me. I want to be among your mightiest warriors. God, use me. That's been on my heart to share with you today. (laughs) That's been on my heart. In Hebrews 11, it talks about the hall of faith. And man, I want to be counted among those people. The hall of faith. We have a short time. I'm not here for anything else. I want to run the race. I want to finish well. I want to win. And I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. And I know you do too. Let's go after it. In Jesus' name. Bless you. Please share this if it's helped you. 
on Instagram. That's how we grow around here. We love you.